In the gospel passage that we just heard, uh, Jesus directly asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus answers, Master, I want to see. This is the answer we would expect from a blind person, I suppose, since uh, who wants to be blind? But there is a deeper question, I think, that Jesus could have asked Bartimaeus and that I think he uh, could ask all of us here this morning. The more profound question is whether we really want to see. Do we really want to see the reality of our lives? Things done, things undone, who we are, who we are not. Do we really want to see the needs of our neighbor, the needs of the poor, the needs of the marginalized? Do we really want to see the injustices in the world all around us? Do we want to see who Jesus really is and not just who we want him to be for us? Do you really want to see? That's the question Bartimaeus and all of us must answer, I think, because true seeing is more than simply observing with our physical eyes. True seeing implies creating relationships and a deeper way of knowing and understanding the other and the world around us. This can happen whenever we see with the eyes of faith. But it's important to acknowledge that this seeing is not without risk. If we really want to see, then we must be willing to change and or be changed. We must be willing to leave behind what is so that we can receive what might be. Sometimes that risk is too much for us, and so we turn a blind eye and choose not to see. This is not about physical blindness. This is a spiritual condition. So here are some uh, scriptural references that we are all familiar with that illustrate this. You may remember Peter rightly declaring Jesus to be the Christ, but when Jesus began to teach about his own suffering and rejection and death, Peter rebukes Jesus. He couldn't see how it could be that way with the Messiah, God's anointed one. Or when the disciples were arguing among themselves about who was the greatest, and Jesus says, and they were unable to see this, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Or the rich young man who wanted to inherit eternal life but could not just see his way clear to selling all his possessions and giving the money to the poor. Those are just some scriptural references talking about this kind of spiritual blindness. In the Gospels, Jesus always offers a clear vision of what true life is looks like. And to the extent that we do not share his vision or cannot see it, then we are spiritually blind. As tragic as that blindness is, the greater tragedy is when we do not even see that we are blind, when we are not even aware of it. We bump and stumble our way through life believing that this is as good as it gets. 
We are content to sit by the roadside and beg like Bartimaeus was doing. This spiritual blindness occurs in many different ways. Uh, Sometimes it is the darkness of grief, sorrow, or loss in our lives. Sin and guilt can blind us to what our life could be. At other times, we live in the darkness of fear or anger or resentment. Or doubt and shame can distort and impair our vision. Quite often, failures, disappointments, and shattered dreams uh, can darken our world. We've all had that happen to us probably numerous times. Perhaps the deepest darkness is when we become lost to ourselves, not knowing who we are, or not knowing the beauty of our creation and our existence. These are just some of the ways that the blindness affects us in our everyday, ordinary lives. The list could go on and on, because that darkness touches us in different ways. With this in mind, I was fascinated that Pope Francis has opened a two-year-long synod this month with the theme, Communion, Participation, and Mission. He wants Catholics all around the world to spend the next year praying, discussing, and discerning what the bishops should focus on in their meeting in Rome in October of 2023, which is two years from now. Pope Francis here is putting into practice our belief that the Holy Spirit is active in all of the baptized, in all of us here. And he's asking each one of us to listen to that Holy Spirit and then from the bottom up in the church share what steps the Holy Spirit is inviting us to take as a church at this particular point in history. I'll be honest that in my entire life as a Catholic, I do not ever remember a Pope expressing an interest in what the Holy Spirit might be saying through you or through me. I just don't remember that invitation coming before. But that's exactly what Pope Francis is doing. He knows that the institutional church has been blind at times in the past, in history, and that, in fact, like for all of us, there are, there's a certain blindness to the human enterprise that we cannot escape. At any point in time, we often do not see things that people in later generations are able to see. And so, as Jesus said to Bartimaeus, Pope Francis is asking the bishops, do you really want to see? Do you really want to see and hear how the Holy Spirit is moving in our worldwide Roman Catholic faith community today. He's telling the bishops here that true seeing is more than simply observing with our physical eyes. It implies creating relationships and leads to a deeper knowing and understanding between people and is not without risk. If we really want to see, then we must be willing to change or to be changed. We must be willing to leave behind what is so that we can receive what might be. I suspect for some bishops this is just too risky. And so they will turn a blind eye and choose not to see. Like many of us do at different points in our lives when we just cannot make that move at that point. 
In spite of these human realities and limitations, Pope Francis is inviting all of us to take this process seriously in preparing for this Roman Synod two years from now in October 2023. As he puts it, he wants all of us to journey together in a synodal way. About this process, Pope Francis has written, to listen to the Holy Spirit, members of the church must listen to each other and especially listen to those who are marginalized. The synodal journey will require discussing viewpoints and expectations that are different and seeking out people who have been alienated to hear not what they say, but what they feel, even the insults. A preparatory document was sent to each bishop in the world uh, for the synod, and in, in that document, these words were written. The purpose of the synod, and therefore of this consultation, is not to produce documents, but to plant dreams, to draw forth prophecies and visions, to allow hope to be nourished, to inspire trust, to bind up wounds, to weave together relationships, to awaken a dawn of hope, to learn from one another, and to create a bright resourcefulness that will enlighten minds, warm hearts, and give strength to hands. Later in that document, it said, the synodal process unfolds within a historical context marked by epical changes in society and by a crucial transition in the life of the church, which cannot be ignored. It is within the folds of the complexity of this context in its tensions and contradictions that we are called to scrutinize the signs of the times and interpret them in the light of the gospel. The goal is not simply to provide responses to predetermined questions, but rather to open a space for shared synodal experience with one another at the local level. All materials, therefore, must foster dialogue and discernment. And so between now and the spring, each bishop in the world is asked to consult with the people of his diocese. These responses will then be assembled to be amalgamated with regional groups and then onto the national level in each country. And eventually the results will make their way to Rome for a major synod of bishops in October of 2023. The details of the local consultation are still being worked out and will include both parish and regional opportunities. So I want to just urge you this morning that when given the opportunity to please prayerfully reflect on questions that I will mention in a second and then to share your thoughts in whatever uh, forum or opportunity is presented. They're asking us to think about questions like, where do you see the Holy Spirit alive and active in our midst today? And what steps does the Holy Spirit invite us to take as a church so that in Christ, we will grow in our journey together. I really believe that through this process, Pope Francis wants to help the church deal with any blindness that may inhibit the growth of the kingdom of God in our midst at this time. And so together we invoke the Holy Spirit as we pray, Master, we want to see. <clears throat> 